Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Attic. I am your host, as always, Mr. Johnny Salvo. So how y'all doing? Good, 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 good. Alright, this is another episode of Tales from the Attic. I am very excited. Uh, this episode, as always, is brought to you by Reality Wasted, a podcast about three stand-up comics. Myself included, with Gregory B.W. and Mr. Dave Shane. And we talk about everything in the world of pop culture, such as television, and the movies, and the video games that the kids play nowadays. And you could check us out on iTunes, or at realitywasted.libson.com. So there you go. How about that? Alright, here we go. Let's jump right into our adventure. We are going to... Uh, attack tonight the daring new adventures of Supergirl number three that's right and we open up with Supergirl this this is uh, actually this is Supergirl number three uh, volume two from January 1983 just so you know um, written by Paul Cooperberg and art by Carmine Infantino and Bob Osner Osner I can't uh, uh, uh. Already we're starting. Hi, hi, I like cheese. Um, so, uh, this is where Supergirl lives in Chicago. Chicago, USA, as they tell us, so we don't get confused with, like, Chicago, Poland, uh, or Chicago or Australia. Um, she lives the life of college student Linda Danvers. But when danger beckons, she fights injustice as Supergirl. Uh, so she's flying around, she's thinking to herself, God, what a bummer, my first full day as a student at Lakeshore University, and what do I do? I oversleep, and I miss my train. <laughs> God, it's not like she could just, like, throw on her cape and fly to, oh, wait, she is. Okay, so she's talking about, basically, she, it's giving you, like, a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it, like, a, uh, what, what happened in the first two issues, uh, where she fought her very first, um, Supervillain um, called Psy, P-S-I, and um, she hasn't heard a peep out of her since she disappeared, so maybe she's seen the last of her. You know what? I really wouldn't think so. Um, so uh, there you go. So she's, she's excited that, um, you know, she, she pretty much uh, kicked her first super bad guy's butt in her new hometown, whatever. She's she's landing... Um, but it, she, the Psy person kept mentioning something called decay, which we will find out later in this year. But now she goes behind a bush, and she puts on a... Oh, my God, this thing is just all puffy. It's a puffy shirt. It's a big puffy, puffy shirt. And it's, a pu- it's like um, something that like Ronnie James Dio would wear. God bless you, Art. God bless you, Ronnie James. Anyway, uh, so she and she puts on a brown brown wig. Brown wig, and that's how she uh, she does her thing. And then um, she's walking. She's thinking. She's walking to Colligan Hall. Um, she's going to psychology. Meet with her psychology advisor, and uh, she says this phrase. And she's like, "There you go, li- looking a gift horse in the teeth again." What does that mean? I've heard a li- look a gift horse in the mouth. She's like Yakov Smirnoff from 1983. Is that what, did he steal some of his jokes? And Rasha, ho- teeth look you in the mouth. Anyway, um, yeah, he wasn't funny. I know. And then she says something like, the last thing I'd ask Santa for next Christmas would 
be a return bout with Sai anyway. She's if she's going for good, that'd be okay with me. All right, so she's still groping on the thing. Now she opens up the door to the psychology department, and she's thinking to herself, "Enough with this, the superhero, superheroing already." Uh, thinking Supergirl type thoughts after I put aside the cape and shorts. It's a bad habit I ought to break. It's time for me to swing, get into the swing of things as Linda Danvers' student. But since I'm, especially since I'm 15 minutes late for an appointment with my new faculty advisor in the psych department. So there you go. And uh, she opens up this de uh, this door in. Uh, there's an office. It's just filled with mail. I mean, mail is everywhere. Everywhere. And she's like, um, Dr. Barry Metzner, Department of Psychology. This must be the place, but it looks like a hurricane's hit it. Or maybe a typhoon. Not haunted. He's not in this book. And then all of a sudden, there's a there's this, this young guy with a weird-looking haircut, a bow tie, and a, a green checkered jacket. And he goes, uh, um, what? Yes? Uh, 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 can I help you, miss? Dr. Metzner, I presume. And as you know, rule of thumb, all doctors except for Dr. Stein talk like this in the boss of all universe. That's me. Why, why, why come in, why don't you? Where'd it go? And she goes, Lucem, sir. Oh, yes, well, uh, undoubtedly. Oh, well, it'll turn up eventually. It usually does. At least mm, I expect it. Uh, so, um... Have a seat, young lady. And she's like, a seat where? You can't find a seat in this place. He's like, Cree-ipes. <laughs> he does say Cree-ipes. I've, uh, I rarely got to uh, get this place tidied up one of these years. <laughs> now, what'd you say your name was? And she tells him her name again. He goes, pleased to meet you. Uh, oh, there you are, you little bucker. I've been looking for you. And uh, it was her hand. He was looking for her hand. And, and uh, what's the trouble, Miss uh, Miss Danvers? And she goes like this: This guy's unbelievable, but kind of cute. I didn't know colleges still kept absent-minded professors on the payroll. And DC just got a call from Jerry Lewis's lawyers, just like that. And uh, so she thinks uh, she thinks she's, she's she's cute. She's trying to get uh, shit straightened out here with her schedule, basically. And uh, um, this guy's going to be her advisor. And uh, he wants to know why she chose psych over physical education. I don't understand why that even came up. But, uh, yeah, so it's basically like a little interview thing. And then, um, yeah, so they're going back and forth or whatever. And they're talking in this, this big um, avalanche of envelopes come in letters come down and cover and then he's looking for something she finds it and he goes oh wow you found that right away and this that, and the other thing and she's she's ready to leave and then he goes do you want a job because um, nobody understands his way of catalog cataloging things and she found that thing pretty fast and and he goes I don't know if you've noticed uh, but this place could use a little uh, cleaning up and she goes well you know what i'll take it i'll take the job why not you know what i need to earn my keep in this world and i'm gonna do it so then we go to chicago uh the streets the mean streets of chicago a city of more than three million persons it's persons 
persons and uh, that may have grown or went down I don't know but anyway and there's a bum and a bum's looking for a place to sleep and uh, something stinks in the alley but he goes I don't I don't smell like a rose bush neither beggars can't be choosers yada yada and then this big like it looks like a, this monster kind of looks like a clay face uh, plasmus like a brown plasmus but he really looks like remember in Wanted that guy shithead yeah kind of looks like that so he grabs the homeless dude and then he just like I guess he just makes him decay away until there's nothing but one shoe uh, an arm bone his spinal column and a jacket and the, the monster says I am fulfilled, yet this shall not be not last soon or be more than needed decay to sustain me. And it's fortunate that there's so many others just waiting to feel the hand of decay. Decay. And uh, all right, so we're going to uh, across town in Chicago, in Chicago's Loop. Furthermore, Mr. Ostrander, okay, we, we must be on a um, a job interview or something. You have to keep in mind a deal matters most secretly here at. Adams, Kyle, and Washburn Associates. Securities, bonds, matter that sort. It requires that you say as little about your work here as possible. And he goes, oh, hey, I understand, Mr. Adams. You count on me. Keep my cards close to the chest. And he says, let's hope so, Mr. Ostrander. He goes, no sweat, sir. Honest, listen. Until I get some acting gigs, I need this job. So you don't worry about, you won't be sorry you hired me. Okay, good. So he's an out-of-work actor. That's great. All right. <laughs> yeah, who isn't, buddy? All right? Yeah. So there. Anyway, um, me too. And uh, and things of like that. So he gives him a, a thing, a package to be delivered, and this guy goes, and he's joking around, and he's like, well, there's no time for levity, Mr. Ostrander. Haven't you a job to do? And then the guy's thinking to himself, boy, this the boy's a buffoon. And it's perfect because if he gets caught with that box... He's the one. He's the perfect guy to take the rap, and he dude dig this. This is this is something I think everyone should have. He opens up his drawer, and there's a little TV monitor, and it's a, and he goes Adams to one. It's on its way, and he goes excellent Adams. Thank you. I want one of those. That's so awesome. So now we go back to the college, and uh, Linda is walking with uh, a girl who lives in her building, uh, Joan can't remember her last name, Joan. So anyway, um, they're walking, they're tired. She's a big partier, this Joan girl. She's she's a, she's a woman of the time. She's wearing a suit and a tie. Uh, big girl power, big, big. And um, she's a straight-A student, and she got a B-plus in phys ed last year. Who takes phys ed in college? Is that true? Did that happen in the 80s? And she's like, your secret's safe with me, but then... Super hearing, she hears a noise there, and she uses her, you know, supervision, and she sees Decay just fucking shit up. So she's like, you know what? Uh, I know we're supposed to ride the train home together, but uh, could you take these books home? I have some place to go. And then da da da, turns into Supergirl. She goes down. Uh, the army guys are shooting at at, at Decay. Uh, nothing's happening. He's he's grabbing um, the train platform, and he's 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 making it uh, disintegrate. And Supergirl comes, she she starts beating him, 
And then he's smacking her around. He picks up a car and it starts deteriorating in his hand. And then all of a sudden we go back to uh, an apartment of a man named Pentagrass. And it's that girl, Cy. And she's laid out on the couch. And she's waking up. Now, Cy was a mutant, uh, telekinetic, and empath. Okay? And this guy, Pentagrass, has trained her to fight decay. But, I don't know, something happened. She got pissed off or something uh, when she lost to Supergirl. And she took it out on Mr. Pentagrass, and she made him become Decay. She turned him right into it, and now she feels bad about that. And so now she uh, she's leaving, and she's going to find Decay. Now we're going to be at the battle, and um, you know how how do you beat a guy who who's made up of Decay, and his powers are to Decay things? So Supergirl's trying all this stuff, and he he grabs a steel girder, which in you know, everything else he grabbed decayed except for this, okay? And he grabbed a steel girder and he tied her up in it. And then she got out and punched him in the face. And then she wrapped him up in the steel girder and he decayed it. And then he grabbed a brick, like a, a wall, brick wall, is what I'm trying to say. And he's going to throw it at Supergirl. And Supergirl says, nope, nope, we're not going to do that. You know, these buildings aren't cheap, you know. They're expensive, so we're going to fly up here to the roof. And uh, there you go. So they start fighting. And then he grabs Supergirl's face. And he's about to burn it off. And she's it, it's actually hurting her. And then all of a sudden, Psy comes out. And she, boom. And she hits Decay. And then they're fighting. Um, Decay and Supergirl. I mean, Decay and uh, Psy are fighting. And uh, so she hits him with the Psy bolt. Supergirl's holding Decay. And then, boom, he turns into... Uh, Mr. Pendergrass, not Teddy, but Mr. Pendergrass, a white dude, uh, with with uh, big '80s hair. And um, Supergirl says, "Decay's gone, transformed into human form." Inside, didn't stick around to see the results of her work. That is, if she survived the doing of it. How bizarre! I suppose. I should go looking for her just in case, but I guess I owe her one, don't I? And next issue, Hail, Hail, the gang's all here. It's on sale November 18th. It's a date. So there you go. But you think we're done with this? Uh, no, we're not because there's a backup feature, people. Oh, yeah. Backup feature. Crazy time. Backup feature. Crazy time. All right, here we go. And it is a Lois Lane backup feature written by Tamsin O'Flynn. Artist Bob Oskarner, letterer Adam Kubert. How about that, huh? Lettering, back in the day. Good for him. Um, so it starts off with Lois and Perry. They're in the office, and the you know the usual. I need a scoop, crap. And then all of a sudden, here comes uh, Jimmy Olsen, and uh, he was he's he's talking to him about you know uh, he's going to solve Lois's mystery single-handed, of course, and. He, you know, Perry doesn't believe him, and he goes, then Perry says, don't tell me another story just turned up like the first one. And this is what he said, dude. Jimmy Olsen looks at him and goes, does Pac-Man eat quarters? I'm going to I'm gonna use that from now on. That's my saying. Don't you touch that. You can't have it. It's mine. I want it. Thank you. So anyway, it goes back to the beginning. Here we go. Wayne's World style. So, we're at a fashion show. Um, let's cut to 
Larson's Fashion Auditorium, currently showing the major designer lines for the spring and summer season. As Jamie Gillis, a crack planet photographer, impatiently loads her camera. Okay, so this is a chick. Um, she's got a perm. She's wearing like a photographer's vest that holds like film. And she's wearing a button-down flannel shirt with a bow tie. And she's talking about how it's a you know a dream come true for her to work for the Daily Planet, and she doesn't care how long the hours of work are, and um, you know she knows, but yeah, she she got into a fight with her man, and I guess her man, um, he kind of digs this other chick, and then they got into a big fight, and uh, his name is Mark Spencer, isn't that the name of Spencer for hire? Mark Spencer, am I right? Spencer for hire. Anybody? Anybody? Wanna? Anybody? Okay. Um, so she basically just told him to get his ass in gear. And now she feels bad about it. And uh, so now on the runway, she turns her attention to Missy Conrad. Missy Conrad is uh, the hottest thing in fashion right now. She's strutting down the runway like a veteran. A veteran. And she just turned 14. And she says, no wonder she become the media. She's become the media event of the year. And then it just shows her like in uh, different outfits, uh, very uh, '80s ish. A lot of um, parachutey pants and um, a lot of uh, shoulder shoulder pads. A lot of shoulder pads, neon stripes, polka dots. Uh, yeah. And all the other girls, they're they're jealous of her. She got her own dressing room for Christ's sake. So they they calling her, you know, Miss Overrated, Miss Miss Overnight Sensation, yada yada. And she 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 closes the door to the dressing room. She's very sad because this, her mom wants her into this, um, uh, get her in this business. And I guess her mom is a hard woman because she said, you know, she wants me to get used to this hard business because this business is as hard as she is. And. Uh, so she's she's looking in the mirror. She's upset. A little tear coming down her eye. And then all of a sudden there's a silhouette of someone behind her. And a man grabs her. And he grabs her mouth. And he goes, sorry, I just can't let you scream. And she turns around. She goes, Daddy. Daddy. And they're hugging each other. And in this panel, it's a... Um, it's not really the way a daughter should be hugging her father and vice versa. So apparently they, they've been a... Um, they've been apart for a while. And Missy gets a letter. And she's been writing letters to him. You know, all the time, even though she can't send him, his mother never told her where where, where he was. And um, so she she wrote the letter. And this is what the letter says. I love D.C. In the 80s, people wrote letters. She said, Dear, dear Daddy, the loneliest word in, in the world is why. Why is a hurting word? How comes easy? How only tells you facts, cold and hard? Why makes your heart remember? What it aches for, Daddy. I'll probably never see you again. But my heart's trying to learn the forgiving words. I love you, Missy. So Missy Conrad is—that's uh, crazy, right? So she's crying, and her dad and her husband, and she's like, "Daddy, your heart answered my heart." And he says, your letter made it after all, princess. And they're all crying and crap. And then um, a woman comes out in the middle of the fashion show, and she's reading a letter. And it says, I'm afraid Missy Conrad has disappeared. Um, 
so the um, the 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 chick gets on. She runs. She knows a scoop when she hears. When she runs the fire, she talks right to Perry White, and he sends over Lois. Okay, Lois goes down there. She's talking to the inspector. Is it a kidnapping? Is, is there a ransom? And he's like, ah, in theory, yes, but uh, we don't really have much. We just got here. Blah blah blah. And uh, what the hell was this chick's name again? See that we're doing this together. Okay, I was blinded by the weird mother daughter mother uh, father daughter relationship that Missy Conrad had. Oh, Jamie Jamie Gillis. That's right. That that's who she called Perry White and all that stuff. Right. And uh, so she goes, do you realize, Jay, wh wh what you got holding your hands? The last exclusive photos of Missy Conrad before her disappearance. Now, if this girl was as popular as she said, if this was nowadays, those pictures would be worth mad loot. Um, so they're in a in a dark room at the Daily Planet. They're going through, and she's like, check out this guy in the back and uh, enlarge it, right? So they're doing that. Uh, they're really high in chemicals and all this stuff. And she goes, I'm an old film buff. I recognize that guy, but I don't know his name. I'm going to take the picture to Jack Riley, movie editor. There he is. And she goes, hey, Jack, how up are you on old films? Lois is getting it done. And so she shows him a picture, and he goes, oh, that's Steve Conrad. He was a bit player in the 50s. Steve Conrad, that's right. Any relation to Missy Conrad? Only her father. But they haven't seen each other for years with the messy divorce pretty much since she was six. And wow, that's crazy, right? So she finds an, it's just Lois finds the address of the place. And it's this broken down building. There's cracks in the wall and pieces of... Pl it actually looks like my old apartment building, actually. There's pieces of plaster missing. Uh, all the apartments are close together and yada, yada. So she's just about to knock on the door and she hears people arguing. And there's these guys in the back. And they sound like mobsters, so that's what I'm going to do. You, uh... You didn't pay it back your loan there, Steve. And, uh... That makes the boss very upset. Yeah, he don't uh he don't like uh people who welsh on their loans, you know what I'm saying? We're in the uh the credit business. Uh but we ain't no bank, you know. So who's gonna guarantee an old joker like you will pay, you know what I mean? And uh the other guy says Yeah you know it uh it happens it so happens you got some interesting collateral. And he's like, No, please don't take my daughter and Lois busts in, and she says, and the guy's like, too bad, Steve. We got to set an example, you know. You know, set for the community, you know what I'm saying? And uh, now that we got her, we don't need you no more. And Lois busts in, she goes, and she's thinking to herself, Missy's phony kidnapping just became a real one. Better get out of here. And, and then the guy says, hey, it's Lois Lane, that nosy reporter there. Could blow the whole scam for us. Get her. To be continued in next month's issue, Missy doesn't live here anymore. Awesome. I love when they do backup stories. I liked it now when they did backup stories. Now, it brings me back to when I was a kid. Uh, this was a lot of fun, this issue. Um, and there you go. You got a little Lois Lane solo adventure. Well, kind of like a Daily Planet, actually. But Lois Lane, the head, uh, you know, we, they needed his name recognition, I guess. But uh, there you go. So that was The Daring New Adventures of Supergirl, number three. Tune in uh, next time, Tales of the Attic, when um, I'm going to go in and grab another random comic. And that's what I do. That's, that's, how I, that's how I roll, as the kids say. So if you want to get in touch with me, that's Donnie Salvo, D-O-N-N-Y, S-A-L-V-O, at Yahoo. 
dot com. Just put feedback in the subject. Uh, and uh, check me out on Reality Wasted. And we could go. You could go to uh, realitywasted.lipson.com or find us on iTunes. That'd be great. Leave us a review. And hey, I'd like to thank once again, Mr. Sean Pryor, for letting me do this. And uh, this is a lot of fun, man. I enjoy doing this. And uh, like I said, I'm going to try and get them out a, a lot more regularly now. And um, so there you go. So uh, tune in next time. And uh, I will grab another comic. So there you go. All right. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you all so much.